This is Pulse 95. It's the Morning Majulus. It's the Morning Majulus. It's the Morning Majulus. Welcome back on to the programme. We're talking to you about the world of photography because the Exposure Photography Festival is ongoing at the moment. And, uh, you know, for, from from a vid- visitor's perspective, from a journalist's perspective, we, we turn up to the uh, Exposure. We take it for granted, to be honest. We think, yeah, it's great. Another year, another uh, couple of galleries to 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 venture out towards but from photographer's perspective it's kind of an event where you've got the heavyweights on board and and everyone is sort of either jealous of each other's work or it is more like over being overwhelmed with the the quality on display and amongst them is uh, Aaron Jakulski who is an internationally acclaimed environmental photojournalist filmmaker and uh, according to, based on the voice we heard we're not surprised that he's also been a tv host as well so <laughs> a very good morning to you good morning thank you for having me here well it's great to have you uh, with us in in, uh, in the past 95 studios now let's paint the picture uh, exposure uh, you weren't able to make it last year because of covid but now you're here and uh, we're we're excited uh, to have you on board but give us your first thoughts of the Emirate of Sharjah and the Exposure Photography Festival. I mean, it, it's an absolutely incredible event. It really is. And we were just talking before the show started um, and just saying what an opportunity it is to be in the same venue as uh, some of the best photographers to literally to have ever lived. Uh, and it's a real privilege for us to be here. Um, you know, we all get imposter syndrome when we're here, kind of looking at our own work and then comparing us to everyone else's. But it's very hard when you're exhibiting in the same arena as the likes of uh, James Latchway and, and Steve McCurry. Um, but just to be here and just to be inspired again. Uh, so of course, it's been such a challenging time with COVID, particularly for photographers, photojournalists. We haven't been able to travel, mm. and that's been incredibly difficult. Um, a lot of the photographers are saying the same thing. So to come here and to be inspired again, um, it's, there's just nothing like it. And the welcome that we've received locally uh, has been phenomenal. There's been a good attendance, people asking lots of questions, attending focus groups and workshops. Uh, and I hope people who are visiting are, are feeling as inspired as the photographers are. So, Aaron, let's go back a little bit and rewind um, how it all started to to how it all really started. The love for photography. How did it all start? Why did you fall in love with photography? What made what made you fall in love with it? And what makes this art form so compelling to you? Uh, well, the way that I started in the industry was I actually had a, a corporate job in the UK um, and I had a modeling agency. I also worked as a copywriter for publishing houses. Um, but I'd always felt kind of discontent with my life. Um, I'd always gr- I'd grown up with David Attenborough uh, mm. in the same way that all Brits have. He is uh, one of the most popular Britons to have ever lived. We adore him. Um, and to see his work and to take us uh, to places where no one had ever been before and to share the natural world. And it was something that I'd always dreamed of doing. And then I woke up one day and I realized I couldn't do um, my job anymore. And I sold everything and I, I went um, to learn wildlife filmmaking in Africa. And my goal originally was to um, showcase the beauty of the natural world with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, where, at every corner that I turned in Africa, I noticed that uh, actually wildlife was under huge amounts of pressure mm-hmm. um, and animals were being uh, eaten, uh, exploited, enjoyed to the point of extinction. 
Uh, so really my focus changed and I decided to use my camera and to point it on some of these issues, issues like the exotic pet trade, the traditional medicine trade, overfishing. Um, because for me it's much more interesting rather than you know photographing an elephant uh, wandering around the plains of Africa, I think it's much more complex, much more rich, much more interesting to showcase some of the threats that elephants are facing, like being used in wildlife tourism attractions or the ivory trade, and to try and educate people about some of the issues facing wildlife today. And of course, photography is such a powerful tool to do that. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, some of your photographs, uh, particularly those of captive orangutans as well. Uh, and and they're, they're really striking photos and, and moving in a way because you could really see uh, what, what these uh, animals are going through, the cruelty that there is. C can you tell us about the power uh, of photography to relay those messages to people, to tell the stories of those animals being exploited? Yeah, photography is such a powerful tool because it's so emotive. You provide um, a snapshot snapshot sorry of a of a moment in time it's one of the most immediate forms of media uh, in the way that um, you know writing or film will never be so people can look at one of your images um, and they can be deeply moved uh, and it has the power to change people's behavior very quickly uh, and it's one of the most um, sort of thrilling things when people will say to me they might get in touch they might say oh I've seen some of your images for example about orangutans used in the wildlife tourism industry and now I've helped to educate myself and I now I don't go to zoos or I now uh, donate to rescue centers to try and um, see animals mm. in the wild. Um, so really it is a very, very powerful medium. I know that we're saturated with images, um, but that just means as photographers, we really have to push ourselves yeah. to, to be better and to get our work out there. Um, I actually held a focus group yesterday for aspiring photojournalists. Um, and it was really interesting chatting to people around Sharjah who are interested in getting into the industry. Um, and you want to tell people about the realities of working in this industry. It's very hard. It's difficult. You know, yeah. the, the working conditions are so hard. The pay is often non-existent. Mm. Um, but I, we shouldn't let that put people off um, because there really is mm. the opportunity to use our cameras yeah. for the good of humanity. And Aaron, uh, you know, because you, you probably have to be around those settings very often where animals are being exploited. What does that do to you emotionally? Do you feel like you're starting to lose hope? How do you maintain that? It's yeah, it's it's very, very difficult. Um, and I've been doing this for about 13 years now, and I've been covering nothing but stories of misery and yeah. suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, so first of all, you have to remind yourselves constantly that there is good in the world. Uh, and also I meet people who de dedicate their lives to helping wildlife. So you have to really focus on that. Uh, but absolutely, it's taken a tremendous toll um, psychologically and physically. Uh, you know, I think about uh, a year and a half ago, I pretty much had a breakdown to, to the point where I couldn't do the work anymore. I'd done job to job to job for, for pretty much a year, um, traveling to different countries, often on my own, um, working on stories of animal suffering. Uh, and I was just so appalled with the state of humanity and what we were capable of, of doing to animals. Um, this actually, I guess, almost luckily, it coincided with COVID. Um, mm. So there wasn't really the opportunity to go and travel as much. And it allowed me to take some time off, mm. uh, to concentrate on some other things, uh, to write a book about my experiences. Yeah. So I produced a book called Animosity, 
um, oh. which is all about kind of encounters at the front mm. line of yeah. conservation and goes more in depth into some of these stories around the world. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a year and a half of feeling um, having kind of uh, compassion fatigue yeah. is what a lot of conservationists call it, and it's almost the same as uh, war photography. Yeah. Uh, and after a while, you feel you have this strange mix of feeling at the same time so worn out and and disgusted at, at humanity, but also so driven to try and do something about it. So you're fighting these complex emotions all the time, and it's it's a real challenge. Um, so I came here, and I was hoping to be reinvigorated, yeah. and it's really happened. It's it's been great. I have this renewed energy to go out with my camera again and to cover these stories off to Zimbabwe next week to work wow. on some stories, lining up more things. I'm emailing people again. I'm feeling the passion. Yeah. So right. on a personal note, it's been very rewarding to be well, here. Yeah, I think it's great to see that uh, that reward as well. And we'll certainly be talking about that. Uh, if you have any questions for photographer Aaron Jakovsky, uh, let us know on the text lines 4215. We'll resume our discussion about photography, the power of the photograph, and so much more on Pulse95 after the business news headlines. Stay tuned. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's the Morning Majulus. It's the Morning Majulus. Everybody, welcome back to the program. We're live in the studio with photographer Aaron Jakovsky, an internationally acclaimed photojournalist whose uh, work extensively covers uh, the suffering of animals uh, under the hands of humans as well. And uh, he's here for the Exposure International Photography Festival, whose sixth edition is running uh, until tomorrow, in fact. And Aaron, I'm sure it's been a very busy time for you here in Sharjah. Can you tell us some more about uh, the workshops that you've been hosting and, and discussions? Yeah, so um, that's the amazing thing about this event is you have the chance to, to listen to photographers' presentations. You can go to workshops, seminars, focus groups. Um, personally, I did a presentation about the wildlife tourism industry last week, uh, talking about how an animals end up in the wildlife tourism industry, which are some of the worst wildlife tourism attractions to look at. Um, and also sort of giving some experiences uh, personally of covering wildlife tourism attractions for the last few years. Uh, yesterday, I did a focus group about breaking into photojournalism. Um, so uh, how you might choose assignments, what are some of the challenges of working as a photojournalist, what are some of the creative techniques that we use, um, what are some of the key pieces of equipment, um, how we might light certain scenes, how you market your work, um, and then really kind of the next steps of trying to work as a photojournalist. Um, hopefully people took something out of it. If anyone is listening who went to my focus group yesterday, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, so yeah, and, and there's um, two more days left, uh, lots more talks and seminars for people to go to. So I hope that uh, the next couple of days are going to be very busy. It's going to be great. Uh, I just want to touch upon uh, the accessibility of, of photography, as you as you rightly, you know, rightfully pointed out, that you had a workshop and uh, talking about uh, how to get involved with it. Now, I, I see your phone. Uh, it's it, it looks well protected, well, <laughs> massive brick right in front of us over here at the moment. Um, so how do you... Uh, evaluate the importance of also how smartphones are now well equipped with great lenses because uh, for most photographers and most journalists access to certain locations such as 
a very hard-hitting story is also quite limited if you walk in with the camera. Uh, how important has, has phone become a tool and how, to what extent do you think it is um, counterproductive to the world of, of, of photography? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, these days anyone can be a photojournalist yeah. if they want to be. And the, the, the cameras on these phones are absolutely phenomenal. And also the way that most people digest photos is on, on their phones these days. So it's not like you need the latest camera in order to, uh, to get into the industry. And also there's stories on everyone's doorstep. Um, I had someone ask me the other day and they were from London. They said, well, how, how do I get into wildlife photojournalism? I can't travel the world. I'm mm. stuck in London. I have a job. And I said, well, there's, there's stories right on your doorstep. Yeah. And there was a story at Wildlife Photographer of the Year this year about um, urban foxes in London. So really, there are no, there are no excuses. Mm. Um, you have a great camera on your phone if you don't want to go out and buy one because I know photography can be an expensive hobby or career to get into. Um, so that's the good side. Um, one of the negatives, of course, is that we are saturated with imagery. Um, everyone is a photographer these <laughs> days. Everyone has an Instagram or a, or a Facebook account. So actually getting your work out there and seen can be a challenge. But if you are dedicated enough and you knock on, on enough doors, then you can do it. So if you go out there and there's a story you're interested in, I advise you to immerse yourself in it. Take photos from every angle. Um, really try and get a body of work that is unique or different from other photographers and then send it to your favorite photographers ask for evaluation uh, most of us we're not too scary we, we like to try and help people out send it to magazine editors uh, if you're interested in trying to get stories published put it on your social media account and i can guarantee you if you get the right imagery um, then very quickly your following will start to pick up and your work will start to get noticed. And then within a few years, you can be um, being sent on assignments too. So Aaron, uh, let's talk about the photography festival that's ongoing until tomorrow. Uh, could you discuss other aspects of exposure that you're looking forward to seeing? Oh, there's so much about exposure. I just, just walking around the exhibition uh, you cannot do it enough. And I've been there for, what, five, six days now. And I'm still, you just walk around with your jaw to the floor. So I would advise anyone who's interested in going, it's just to really spend, don't um, kind of fleetingly look at the work. Go and spend half an hour in one person's booth and really try and take the imagery in. And there's um, a, a great technology as well that you can scan a QR code now and you get uh, all the image captions. Um, also, if you walk around some of the booths, the photographers are hanging around there. Yeah. And really, you want to try and get the backstories. Right. So that's the most exciting thing for me. It's not just the seminars, the presentations, the workshops. It's hanging out with the photographers and getting the backstories. Yeah. I, I have a question as well. Um, you know, for me as a normal person, not a photographer, I when I look at a photograph, I just look at it in a very... Um, just a simple way, you know, nice photograph, and I just move on. Yeah. But as a photographer, what aspects do you look at in a photograph when you evaluate a photograph? That's another very good question. Uh, well, of course, you look at it from a technical standpoint. Mm. Um, 
photographers. What are the elements? Yeah, we'd be lying if we didn't look at it from a technical <laughs> yeah. standpoint. Uh, you look to make sure that all of the basics are there. You know, it's a. What are the basics? The basics are whether your exposure is right, yeah. uh, your, your focus, whether the image is sharp. What are some of the creative tools that people have used? Have they used artificial lighting? Yeah. Have they used shallow depth of field or slow shutter, where yeah. you're trying to get some areas of the image blurred? Um, so you look at it from a technical standpoint. And of course, you look at the story that the photographer is trying to tell. Now, the the images as photographers that we often like the most um, from our own work aren't necessarily images that other people will like because we know the amount of effort. We know the backstory to the image. You know that you might have spent you know, a month living in a swamp to try and get this one particular image. And it might not be the best shot that you've ever taken, but you're like, you know how difficult it was to get it. Yeah. Um, Do you have a story like that where a photograph was so incredibly difficult to get? Oh, I have so many stories. <laughs> I have so many stories from, I remember doing 50 dives in Lake Manat. 50 isn't even a lot to try and get one image of um, a mother protecting her babies. They have what they're called mouth brooders in Malawi. Uh, and when you approach these fish, they're cichlids, uh, the mother will suck up all the babies into her mouth. So I spent, it was between about 50 to 70 dives sneaking up on these on these cichlids because all the babies are surrounding the mother. And then as soon as you get anywhere near them, whoosh, and the mother sucks the babies into her mouth and the photographer oh, no. leaves very, very disappointed. And I tried approaching this animal from every angle. I tried night dives, I tried morning dives, I tried <laughs> disguising myself, I tried yeah. going slowly, going quickly. And I just couldn't get that image. And it wasn't until, yeah, dive number 50, 60, 70 that I finally got something that was kind of vaguely usable. Um, and that's not even, you know, because I'm a, I'm a photojournalist and you should listen to a, a photographer like Laurent Ballester. And Laurent Ballester spends years, well, let alone 50 dives, wow. he spends years and three to four million dollars per project to try and get these shots that no one else has ever captured. And he might be diving 100 meters uh, in the Antarctic. Uh, and he's documenting on a dive species that no one has ever seen before. And you can imagine the thrill that that he must experience. He really pushes the boundaries. If anyone can learn more about Laurent Ballester's work, he literally, it was, I think for me, that my favorite thing about exposure was hearing his talk and listening to the stories behind some of those images. Photographing an iceberg, which was a composite of 160 photos underwater at 100 meters. I mean, he's really wow. pushing the boundaries. That's what's interesting. When we talk to photographers, they just show you what's beneath the surface yeah. of every single photograph. Definitely. Because when we look at it, we look at it in a very you know, what's on the surface, basically. Yeah. What we all see, it's a nice picture, that's it. But then the story behind it, thats it's so touching. Yeah, of yeah. Every photograph, really. Every, yeah, every photograph, what you just see is yeah. that snapshot, that millisecond, that right. moment in time. You don't see, <laughs> you don't see, I did a story about uh, the voodoo markets in West Africa recently. And oh, you were, these scenes, they were like a nightmarish scene from hell. Oh, no. It was like the apocalypse and we got there and there were fires burning everywhere. It was this market in, in Benin. There's women rolling around on the floor, fighting, tearing chunks of each other's hair out. Oh. We are being followed and hassled and intimidated. 
Um, and it was, it truly was, um, it was like a scene from Mad Max. And we get there and there's these voodoo markets with these animal heads and skulls everywhere. And we're just thinking, oh, it's just about survival. And I've never come across images like that. But then once you're there, you kind of go into autopilot. Uh, and your goal is to get the imagery. You want to get shots that no one has ever seen before. Right. Um, but it was it was one of the most intimidating projects and briefs I've I've worked on. But the images that we came out with, um, mm. you know, were, tr were were really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you can see some of those shots in my uh, in my booth at the moment. You can see the heads of hundreds of different animals across hundreds of species laid across these voodoo tables Goodness, fascinating amazing. story well i've got to ask you this you know you, you pointed out this earlier that um, you know photographers like to evaluate each other's work and we're, we're very accessible so uh, I'll, I'll use this as an opportunity to seek the moment of truth as well so i've got some <laughs> photos uh, that i like to show I, I don't have the cleanest of all laptops for the, for the cameras to pick up oh. now this is an image that you took, probably. Wow. I took. Yeah. Now, whilst now the backstory is, I'm meant to do a social media live off the uh, Prince William speech, whilst <laughs> recording it on on the camera. So before he goes on stage and begins speaking, I snap a couple of shots off Prince William. Now, what do you? Th <laughs> is this image good enough? <laughs> I think it it captures everything. It, right. Uh, it, it it's great. You have the composition. A little Aaron, bit be of, harsh on him, please. A little <laughs> bit of constructive criticism. I might have gone a little bit. Um, I might have underexposed it a little okay. bit because you see the white on his shirt. It's yeah. a little bit blown out. If you underexpose it, it's really going to make his face pop. It's going to be much more dramatic right. as so well. If we're being if we're being incredibly picky here about that, yeah, okay. I might I might lower your exposure a tiny right. bit. Right. Okay. So there we go. That's one point there. Try, try to let's have, a, let's have to the camera. Camera. <laughs> Let's have another photo. Now this direct is another photo. Camera. Wow, it's I've, the palm. I've taken off the palm from, from vantage points. Uh -huh. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> I, there's always a, a sentence behind that very nice. No, okay. No, I, um, again, I like it. The focus looks good. Um, right. what, what we use in photography is the rule of thirds. So often you want your horizon is yeah. either in the bottom third or in the top third. Right. So we've nearly got that in okay. this picture. <laughs> Emphasis on the nearly. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have moved it down a little bit so you had, oh yeah, but you've got the You've got viewing. the observation deck. You've got the it? observation deck there. So maybe because you can see in the, the sky there, yeah. there's not really much contrast. There's, you'd right. like some clouds popping. So maybe we're, I might crop a little bit. You the, might crop uh, it a little yeah, bit. Okay, so so there, there you go. This is how you learn, isn't it? Now, I, you know, yourself, you're, you're into photography. You've also ventured into into presenting as well. Uh, us who are presenters now also have to be equipped with the idea of, of getting those uh, to be able to capture photos and even videos because, sadly, uh, access to crew and uh, and uh, to areas can be quite limited. But yeah, that's that's a. Uh, yeah, I think we're, everyone has to become um, multi-talented in, yeah. this, in this day and age. And I remember when people would we'd have film crews and we'd have f five people in our crew. Those days are long gone. You know, and now um, you have to do everything. You have yeah. to be able to film, uh, present, take photographs, uh, do sound work, do production. Oh, yeah. uh, you really have to kind of be multi-skilled. 
uh, which of course is a is a great thing. Yeah, now, are really, we in the right path though? So there's, there's a little bit of a commitment. You're, yeah, you're definitely on the right path there. I can see there is uh, there's definitely there's, there's something to work with. Yeah, there's potential. <laughs> to put it nicely. <laughs> Any more? No, I think that I think we've got we've got plenty more. But I think uh, for for the for, for the level of criticism this morning, we'll we'll, we'll have uh, that that be it for 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 now. Uh, but we're looking forward to seeing more. And of course, Instagram does become a very good platform to to showcase your best work. And uh, we all have a gallery of our own, don't we? Uh, but to to come on down in and to have a chance to to hear from you and get your your work criticised, uh, where where could they find you? Uh, they can find me. Oh, I don't. What's oh. the number of my booth? Now you have on a the website. Spot. Yeah, my website is AaronJakoski dot com. Double uh, A R O N G E K O S K I dot com, and uh, same with Instagram. Uh, I am ne- near the main auditorium uh, at Exposure. You take a left, and then I'm just on the right. Uh, I'll be in and out of uh, Exposure all day, when you know, with various interviews. But yeah, I'd love to talk to anyone who'd like to come over yeah. and ask more about uh, my work photographers we love talking about our work as well because we're so <laughs> yeah. we're so passionate about it you know when you've immersed yourself in a subject for so long uh, you want to share it with other people absolutely true well, looking forward to that, and it was a great conversation. It will be, uh, you can find this as a podcast as well on our SoundCloud and Spotify, uh, as well as uh, um, YouTube. Uh, we, we shall stick to presenting for now, and uh, we'll move <laughs> into the world of photography uh, with those baby steps. And uh, wonderful to, to learn a lot more from uh, Aaron, who joined us uh, this morning. Thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you back again here in Charger. Thank you so much for inviting me today, and I hope that everyone who's listening gets a chance to visit mm. the exhibition over the next couple of days because really it is a kind of a, a once in a lifetime opportunity mm. to be in the same venue as some of the greats of photography absolute pleasure having you on with us Aaron and up next we'll continue the discussions live on the morning majlis we'll talk all about cinemas opening at full capacity and so much more right here on pulse 95